beloved, we welcome you to an atmosphere for divine path towards heaven. Comment by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Lord God has spoken, saying, Buttons are falling from the hands of men. Raise me men and women who will pick up those buttons, thus building an intimate relationship with me and the people. And also saying, He said, If my word abide, abide, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate the word of God. When you receive the word of God, you meditate. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the godly, nor standeth in the ways of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law he meditates day and night. This is the word of the Lord from Pastor Itzmi Robot E.U. Isaiah chapter 1, a good reader, will take from verse 10 and we stop at 20. Just 10 verses. Verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord? I have more than enough of burnt offerings, of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. Verse 12, when you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, sabbaths, and convocations, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals, I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Mm. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. 16. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. That's right. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are as red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen. See how the faithful city. That's 20. That's where the mouth of the Lord stop. The other mouth is your own that is speaking. He told you that the mouth of the Lord has spoken. That's where God stops. You want to continue with your own mouth. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you this morning. The entrance of your word giveth light and understanding to the simple. Speak to us in clear terms that we may understand this morning. Let your word bring forth fruits in us and let that fruit, O oh God, glorify your name. In the name of Jesus. 
even if we didn't preach any message this morning, I believe that that chapter and those verses of the scripture we just read is a message already to you. It's a month of living the kingdom lifestyle. And that's what God is required. Micah chapter 7 verse 8 he said, for he has shown you, O man, what does the Lord require from you? He has shown you what he requires. He said, to live godly, to do justly. To do right and to do and live godly. That is what God requires from you. He has already told you. And he said, I am tired of all your sacrifices. Don't bring, I am tired of the new praise, the worship. Your lifestyle is not portraying what you are saying. That's God's word to the church. He said, but you still have a chance. Come now. Let us settle this matter. Let's reason together. If you are willing to change, you will eat the good of the land. God is talking to the church. Not just, just to an individual. He's talking to the church in Nigeria. That what he requires of us is righteous living. We started with a series of what God wants us to do this six many months of the year beginning from June. And God said, all we shall be talking about is about the kingdom. We talked about being kingdom conscious. We talked about kingdom expansion. We talked about kingdom enlargement. We talked about living the kingdom lifestyle. And we began part one, part two, part three. In part one, we talked about what a kingdom is. Laying the foundation. In part two, we talked about living a life of sacrifice. In part three, last Sunday, we talked about living the kingdom lifestyle and we spoke about having a consciousness of eternity in view. That our life does not end here. We should be conscious of eternity that whatever we are, whatever we have, we are going to leave it here. And that our life on earth here is a dress rehearsal. Preparing for the big future in eternity. And you should not leave the big picture and concentrate more on the rehearsal. We should be more conscious of the big picture than we are of the rehearsal. And we're continuing this morning talking about living the kingdom lifestyle part four. And we understood from the scripture that Christianity is not all about 
possession. The Christian life is not all about obligation. The Christian life is not all about doing. The Christian life is all about being. Being transformed. Being milk. Being humble. It's not about doing. We are paying more attention on doing than we are paying on being. The Bible says in Mark, he said, and he selected 12 that they would first be with him before they start doing what he has sent them. We said Christianity is all about your character. Christianity is all about your attitude, your behavior, your lifestyle. God is much more concerned about what you are, who you are, and what you do. God is more interested in your intention than he is about your action. That's what Christianity is all about. By their fruits, we will know them. Not by their possession. Not by their services. Not by the way they sing. Not by the way they preach. Not by their prophetic utterances. But by their fruits. Matthew chapter 6, 7 and verse 16. By your fruits, by your character. So, the difference between a Christian and an unbeliever is not the suits that they wear, or the Bible that they carry, or the church, or the emblem. What differentiates you from any other person on earth is your character. So, Christianity is all about character. Hear me, one of the wisest decisions, one of the greatest decisions you can ever make on earth, as a human being, your wisest decision on earth is to live a godly life. That's the wisest decision you can ever make on earth. To live a godly life. You know why? The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8, it said, Godliness is profitable. Living a godly lifestyle is profitable. He said, Physical exercise profits you. He said, But godliness. Is much more profitable. Why? Because you gain on earth here and you also gain in eternity. In other words, let me paraphrase it. When you live a godly life, you will never run at a loss. 
you will always be gaining. Godliness pays. Living a life of righteousness pays. And that's the greatest choice you can make. Many are in church and they are regretting why did I become a Christian. The Bible says godliness is profitable. A lifestyle of godliness is profitable. So if you are losing as a Christian, it means you are not godly. He said godliness is profitable to all things. I began by telling you that the greatest decision you can make. So, godliness is not a gift. Godliness is a choice. You don't pray to live godly. You choose to live godly. It's a choice that you make. It's not a gift that is given to you. Nobody is given the gift of righteousness. We only made a choice to live a life of righteousness. It's a decision that you make until you are willing to live a godly life. You cannot live a godly life. The reason you are not living the kingdom life is because you have not made up your mind to do it. Isaiah said, if you are willing, if you just will, if you just decide, if you are willing and you are obedient, he said, you will reap the profitability of godliness. It's profitable. But if it is your pastor that forced you to live a life of godliness, you won't see any profits. Because you are being forced to do it. If it is your mom or your dad that is pushing you, don't do this, don't do this. It's not a Christian life. That means you are being forced to live a life of godliness so you will not experience any profits. But if you will, if you choose, if it's a choice that you make, he said, then you will eat the good that comes with it. You know the reason many of you are not eating the good of Christianity because you are being forced to live a life of Christianity. You have not made a choice to do it. Life and death. I set before you life and death. He said, therefore, you have a choice. Choose life. So godliness is a choice you make. 
Daniel can make a choice, then you can make a choice. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8, he said, and Daniel proposed in his heart that he will not defile himself. It's a choice. Daniel was not given the gift of righteousness. He chose. And listen to me. Babylon was more, more rotten. Much more rotten than our nation today. Where Daniel lived is more corrupt than where you are living now. Where Daniel is walking is more corrupt than where you are walking now. He was in the midst of corruption, immorality, rottenness. They, they, they walk naked in where Daniel is living. They sex every day. Daniel chose. He proposed in his heart. Though I am in the world, I would not live a lifestyle of the world. It's a choice. Many are being forced to live a lifestyle of the kingdom. Why are you in church like this? Why did you dress with all your cleavage open? Why? Don't dress like that. Then the next day you are coming to church, you now cover your body. Not because you will, but because you were forced to do it. And then you won't reap the profitability in it. Why are you late? Why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing that? Then you reluctantly. No. Godliness is a choice. It's not a gift. We chose to live the way we are living now. It's not that we don't want to live immoral life. It's not that we don't want to live corrupt life. But we chose not to. Daniel proposed in his heart. In the midst of corruption. Someone says it is difficult to be legal in an illegal society. It is difficult, but it is possible. It is not impossible to live it. It is difficult to be moral in an immoral society. Yes, but it is not impossible. For with God, all things are possible. If you are with God, He chose, I will not defile myself. I read a book those days about the biography of Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King didn't just become great. God didn't just pick Martin Luther King to use him. No, to free the blacks. It was a lifestyle he chose from small. He read the story from day one he started school. He said, all the blacks that are in the school with the whites, there is one thing that is common with them. They come late. Two, they are dirty. They come to school without their clothes pressed. They come to school without brushing their mouth. And he said, three, they laugh stupidly. When white man makes joke, whether the joke is laughable or not, they just laugh. <laughs> and they fool themselves. And he chose 
that when I'm coming to school every day, he separated himself. He dressed differently. He would press his clothes, iron them, put on his tie, his sandal, his polish. He never comes late. And when the white man is teaching, he doesn't laugh stupidly. So he was singled out. He was singled out. He chose. It was a, a lifestyle. He wasn't forced. His mother didn't tell him to dress that way. He proposed. I won't live like them. I won't laugh like them. I won't come late like them. I will be different. It's a choice to live a godly life. Nobody is born with it. Nobody is given to it. And from there, God noticed him. Joseph made up his mind. Genesis chapter 39. You know this story. If you read from verse 7 and 8 to 9. He had all the opportunity to sleep with Potiphar's wife. She was beautiful. There was nobody at home. He was not corrupt because there was no opportunity. He had all the opportunity. You may be coming to church because the church is exciting. Your friends are coming. You may be coming to your meeting because every time you come, everybody is present. But what of if you start coming and you are the only one always coming and nobody is coming? Will you keep coming? If opportunity comes for everybody to go back, will I still go back? Jesus said to them, his disciples, he said, listen, a time will come. All of you will abandon me and go. I am not serving God because of you. I am not doing what I'm doing because you are following me. He said, a time will come, all of you will abandon me and you will go. And that is to prove whether it's because of you I'm doing what I'm doing. He said, but I am not alone. But my father is with me. And a point in time came. All of them abandoned him. They left. His disciple left. Some even denied him face to face. It was a choice. He made up his mind. I will still fulfill the mission of my father. I came to die. Whether they abandon me or not. Joseph said, listen to me, my master, my master has given me everything in this house to be in charge. The only thing he didn't hand over to me was you, his wife. And he said, I will not, I will not, I will not, I will not do such a great evil against who? The Lord. The devil was there. His flesh was there. He said, I will not. If you will will, then you will win. If you are willing, you will be winning. But if you are losing, then you are not winning. Every willer is a winner. He said, I will not do such a thing against the Lord. And what happened? He won that temptation. He overcame. It was a choice.
there is always a point in your life you make a choice. The prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 was the one that chose to leave his father. He said, give me all my belongings that pertains to me. And he went and spent it in riotous living. But one day, he said to himself, look at life, look at death. I have to make a choice. And he said, I will, I will arise and go back to my father. I will. So it was a choice. If you are willing, I will not come late to church. You will There's no devil in this world that can stop your will. I will not defile myself. I entered into university and I said to myself, I will never. God, I have waited for this admission for so long. I will enter into the university. I will not defile myself with any lady. I will not engage anyone. I will not have a boyfriend. I will not cheat in the exam hall. I, I chose. It was a choice. And when I entered the school, the first 10 people that were my friends were all ladies. But I willed. Because I will, I won. He said, look at the word. Daniel said, I will not defile myself. The prodigal son says, I will arise. David said, I will not do against. All of them have what? Will. So righteousness and godliness is not a gift. It's a choice that you will. Whatever you are doing now, you chose to do it. And listen to me, nobody can force you against your will. Even God. If you decide not to come to church tomorrow, you were the one. You chose not to. If anybody brings you back to church and you came to church because they brought you back, there's no profitability there. You came because of them, not that you want to or you will to come. Martin Luther said, I will not come late. I won't do what they are doing. If you are willing and you are obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Listen to me. There are certain things that you are doing now that can be stopped. If only you are willing to stop them. There are certain habits you have now. There are certain things you are doing now. Nobody will you know the cause. You say nonsensical cause. No, it can be stopped only if you are willing to stop it. It's when your will comes that God now decides to help you. God can never, never help a willing man. I told you the story of a guy that came into the hotel with his fiancée or his girlfriend and he decided to go and swim. He was the one that chose. So he jumped into the swimming pool and he doesn't know how to swim. But he was sinking. But he refused to make a choice to call for help. So he was posing. But he was sinking. But he will not call for help. 
But when he now discovered that he was going to die and the girl will still follow another person, he shouted, help, help. After suffering and he has drank almost how many liters of water, the divers now jumped into the swimming pool and brought him out. Started slapping his face and pressing his tummy. Water was coming from his ears, his nose. And it took him some days to get himself. And someone went to meet the divers and said, you knew this guy didn't know how to swim. You saw him when he was sinking. And you could not help him. He said, we thought he knew how to swim because he has not called for help. David said, help me, O God, for vain is the help of man. God never steps into your situation until you call for help. God never helps a man that is not helpless. Whatever you are doing now can be stopped. If only you are willing. They don't they tell you, you do the cost person. You don't know how to talk. They don't they tell you not to do this one. Not to wear that cloth. This your head will be like pussycat hair. Cut them. No. You say, you know I cannot. Is the, the devil has no power over your will. Even if you are an unbeliever, the devil has no power over your will. It's a choice. First Corinthians and chapter 6. If you read from verse 17 and 18. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separated, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will be your God, and you will be my son and daughter. Wherefore, do what? Come out. Did he say wherefore try to come out? Did he say, please, come out? Eh? Brother Olulade, get off from that place. Come this place. Did any devil pull you back? Eh? A central course didn't let you get up. Eh? Your friends didn't let you get up. Who came out? You yourself. It's a choice that you made, Abby. Good. You can go. He said, wherefore, you do what? Come out from among them. You are not, you are not, you are not tied there. He said, she seduced me. She didn't seduce you. David, Joseph sat down with Potiphar's wife. She was romancing him. What did he do? He came out. Came out. He didn't only come out from uh, Potiphar's wife's room. Where did he come out from? He came out from the house itself. Passed the room, came out from the parlor sitting room, came out from the compound and did what? And flee. Come out. God says come out. And sometimes you're coming out and being separated may make people to hate you. May make you to be lonely. Just like it happened to Daniel. He said, I will not defile myself. Everybody, including his own brethren, they abandoned him. He was alone. You know what? 
God doesn't bless a crowd. He blesses a man. He said, you come out and I will bless you. He said, look at Abraham, your father. I called him, what? Alone and I bless him alone. We don't sing that song. Abraham and Sarah's blessings are mine. Abraham and Sarah and the wife and the children, their blessings are mine. It's only Abraham. I called him alone. Alone. Come out. You are not, he, not my family. You, don't know. you know what destroyed Paul? He wanted to please his brethren, the, the Jews. God says, come. Your, 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 your mission is to the Gentiles. But he said, I long for my brethren. I long. He went to the Jews to be preaching to them. He was beaten. They stoned him. Because that was not where God sent him. Sentiment made him to go there. Come out. Come out from your father's house. Abraham stayed there 75 years. He was not married. You know why? Repeat him, Papa. When God says come out, he knows you have the power to come out. He didn't say please try to come out. He said come out from among them and be ye separated. And I will be your God. And you will be my people. When you come out, it may land you in prison. Your coming out may take you down. Just like Joseph. Somebody that was enjoying. What did he do? He said he will not lie with his master's wife. God is supposed to promote him. But he took him to prison. Every time you make a choice to live a righteous life, listen to me, you will be hated. You will be alone. You will be condemned. We read it this morning. In Matthew chapter 6, we read it this morning. In our Bible, you, you read it from down. When Jesus was teaching on Beatitudes, you will be hated. He said, men will hate you when you decide to live a righteous life. For my sake. He said, but do not be moved. You know why? A throne is being prepared. The king is going to send for you very soon. Huh? A king sent for Daniel. Didn't he send for Daniel? He sent for Daniel. The king sent for Joseph. Didn't he send for Joseph? He did. So you can't be living a righteous life and not gain. We don't lose. He said, Godliness is profitable. And God is not a man. I should do what? He should lie. Godliness is profitable. When I became a Christian, and we started a church with our pastor then, every time I, when we stay in the meeting with our pastor and the brethren, I used to tell them, I say, man of God, church they pay. To serve God they pay. It's just that we are not serving him well. I am an example of the profitability of righteousness. I'm an example. My life is an example that righteousness pays. My family can tell you. My friends can tell you. This church can tell you. We didn't grow to where we are. Everybody is an eyewitness. Raise me men and women who will build vital relationship with me. Have personal integrity. And moral purity. 
When one of our pastors those days was looking for a house, he wanted to get married. Fine house, fine house, fine house. Two weeks to the time of marriage. Wedding is coming. No house. Another brother said to him, one of my friends has a house in Isolo, Okota, and he wants to live there. You can come and lie that you are his brother and you will pay. You will be staying with him for almost one month. Then after he go park and leave you, you go stay there. You go to pay the landlady. And he agreed. And they have gone before they came to tell me. Listen to me. Everybody knows what he's doing. And if he sees the person that will tell him, he will not come near the person. The Bible says the wicked run it when no man is pursuing. The day you see your brother start running away from church, know that he has started doing something that is bad. The day you see your sister stop coming to meeting, there is no other thing. He don't run. And why? He's doing something that is evil. So when they were coming back, they came back and they bought wine and bread for pastor to tell me the testimony. When they know inside their hearts, it was not a testimony. You lied. You have bribed lecturer. You have done everything you need to do. You slept with lecturer. Then you came to the church, pick up the microphone. How many of you know that I've been looking for admission? I just went to school and what I saw is, when? I just opened the, 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 the box and I saw I've gotten admission. And every stupid person joined you to say, praise the Lord. It was a choice you made to lie. The devil didn't force you to lie. And I said to them, the Bible says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Wait, wait. God is working out. Ask him today. The house in his solo. And the one he got now, which is better? Wait. Choose to live godly. Choose a life of integrity. I would. When Joseph did what he did, he told some other slave, they say, God, don't butter your bread. God, don't butter your bread. And when Joseph refused, and Joseph was put in prison, the same friends came to him. I said, we tell you, now your righteousness kill you so. You see him. But the Bible says godliness is what? Is profitable. You don't lose living a godly life. You will only gain. It's a choice. If you are willing and you are obedient, you will eat the good of the land. You know why? Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is what? It's a reproach to every nation. Any nation like our nation today that is going down. Sin brought us down. Nothing. Nothing. Buhari is not the cause of Nigerian problem. Jonathan is not. Boko Haram is not. Sin brings reproach. Sin brings reproach. Sin brings reproach. Listen to me. Unbelievers don't commit sin. They are sinners. So when you see a nation in reproach, it's not because the unbelievers sinned. It's because the church did what? Sin. So when the church sinned, reproach comes upon a nation. 
and the church start living righteous because righteousness cannot be lived by unbelievers. When the church start living right, when only you in your family start living right, your family will be exalted. What brought that family down is because one person lived wrongly and the whole family suffered for it. If one person can live rightly, the whole family will gain from it. I like us to choose a life of godliness. It's a choice. Choose a life of godliness. Choose a life of godliness. Propose in your heart. Come out from among them. I won't dress the way they dress. Do not join the multitude to do evil. Because it's raining. You are a Christian. You are wearing crazy jeans. You are crazy. Don't join them. That's not your lifestyle. And some people will say, now in age, leave them. Who tell you say young boys not to go hell? Did they tell you that hell is meant only for adults? Children go to hell. So don't encourage them. I say let them live life. He's still young. When he don't old. So now old age that they use serve God. He said come out from among them. He didn't say you old men come out from among them. There was no age group. Come out is what? Come out. Be ye separated. And all these people, I mentioned their names. None of them were old men. They were young men. Remember now the Lord in the days of your youth. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. That is when God picks you. That's when your greatness starts. And Jotham became great. Because he did what? From young, he prepared his ways before the Lord. You to choose righteousness. Don't be forced to live right. Will to live like that. Don't be forced to come early to church. Will. Don't be forced to live immorality. Choose. Propose in your heart. I won't do it as I won't do it. No devil on earth can ever make you do it. It's a will. Songs of Solomon chapter 2 verse 15 which is what we are going to be treating in our Bible study on Wednesday. For those of you that think that God only blesses on Sunday. Carry on. He said take away. Take from us. Take us. The little forces that destroys the vine. Take away that line. Take it away. He didn't say God help me take it. He said you do what? Take away those little forces. Take away those little forces. It's your vineyard. You came to your vineyard, to your garden, and you saw goats eating those vineyards, destroying your garden, and you were there. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release the Holy Ghost. Drive this goat away. Drive this goat away. Goat, go away. By the time you open your eye, all your vegetables will be gone. Take away those let it go. Take it. Surrender. Let the jealousy go. Those are the little forces that destroys your godly life. Those little things you are doing. A little living. Living it the whole life. Those little things. Listen to me. It's like a wood. This is a wood. 
termite that is hitting this wood is not outside. It's inside. The wood is still straight. Until the day you will climb the ceiling like a is. That's when you know that all the woods on the ceiling is what is broken. You just hear, you see that big wood, heavy. And you say, let me step my leg on it. By the time you put your leg, what happens? It has been destroyed. That open saproka, fine outside, but what? Dead inside. By the time you realize those little forces have eaten deep into your bone, you don't have any ability to stand again. He said, take those bitterness away. Take those grudges away. Those ones nobody see. Nobody sees that. If you go out today and hug Sister Angela and kiss her, Kisley will see you. Do you understand? So you are sitting down so innocent, but you are kissing Sister Angela in your heart and is killing you there. Killing you. It's better people see it. Those are the little forces that destroys the vine. And God says, take those forces away. For the grapes are what? They are mild and tender. It will destroy you. Make up your mind today. I chose to live right. When they said, is there anyone that want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? I came to receive Jesus Christ as my life and the pastor say you don't give your life to God because you don't have a life. It was Jesus that gave you life. Which life do you want to give to him? When you don't have life before, you came to receive life, not to give life because you don't have life. Give your life to godliness. Give your life to righteousness. Make up your mind today. I will take away those little forces that destroys the fire. And as you begin to do that, you begin to profit in every area of your life. Thank you, Father. Bow down your head, everyone.